Hello and welcome to Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. Now this week I do have my co-host Eva and Mike, TFG1 Mike, aka Mike Blanchard, is also joining us here. Uh, you were going to say poop cast, weren't you? Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's been kind of shitty for the past week or so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, we are here to talk about one of our favorite movies. Well, actually, two movies. It's it's a franchise that we really enjoyed. Uh, it's Grumpy Old Men and Grumpier Old Men. Woo-hoo. Uh, Got to say, the cast on this here was probably – it was really a good cast. I mean, when you look, critics didn't really care too much for it. You know, Roger Roger Ebert was like, eh, it's okay. But then again, you know, he said Jack – you know, you had uh, Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know – well, no, not the original Odd, Company, odd Couple because that was Jack Klugman and Walter Matthau. But uh, anyway, they, you know, just great, great actors together. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, just these these two go back and forth with with each other. They had Burgess Meredith in this. You had Daryl Hannah, uh, Ossie Davis. I mean, it was just a great great series. I thought so too. I'm surprised it didn't get very good reviews. I didn't know that. It was mixed. I mean, yeah. you know, that's the unfortunate thing. It's just people. You always get some critics that are going to pan it just because they're assholes and they don't like it. <laughs> exactly. And there's, you know, I could see the only thing I could potentially see to critique about it. And I have family that is from Minnesota and lives in Minnesota. And maybe the only thing I could think of is maybe how the Minnesotans were kind of portrayed, you know, is, is not necessarily being very sophisticated, you know, versus you know, uh, Sophia Loren and, and Margaret coming in from different areas and being very sophisticated and kind of the odd ones out. Maybe that's what some people took issue with. That's kind of, you know, maybe I'm reaching, but that's the only thing I could really think of to really critique about it. And the fact that there really wasn't that grandiose of a plot. I mean, it, it just, it just kind of flowed. It kind of, you know, it was a lot of back and forth. It was comedy, you know, it was humorous, but there wasn't any really in-depth plot which it worked i thought for both movies i thought that the plot that was there you know um just a couple of curmudgeons that you know love hate relationship and you know looking for love and you know i thought it was sweet i thought they were both just adorable i love them both they were great i mean mike what did you think of this movies i i love these movies these are comedies comedies don't need plot yeah, they just don't need just, a plot. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. I mean, I mean, if you really want to boil it down to a general plot description, it's two friends who have been fighting with each other for the last thirty or forty years of their lives. Yeah, you know, one of them meets a woman, and more fights ensue, and this, that, and the other. And that's really what these it, these two films are. One is the story for for. Um, for John and the other is a story for Max is really yeah. what it is. Yeah. And, That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And it, it's one of the, it's two of the funniest films I've ever seen. I don't give a crap what critics say of like, I mean, these, these critics just, 
they don't like anything, or if they do like something, it's only because it made its damn budget back or something, or yeah, whatever yeah. else. I mean, you know, I mean, that, that's a whole other podcast we could do is rating the rating the critics or critiquing the critics. Exactly, uh, exactly. Because you know, um, just, yeah. Just, Start with IGN. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that could be a two-hour, three-hour <laughs> show by itself. Um, but no, uh, Grumpy Old Men, when it came out, uh, it was the first time I had really seen these guys. Like, mm-hmm. I know Walter Ma- – well, uh, okay, Walter Matthau, he was Mr. Wilson in the, in the, in the 90s Dennis the Menace movie. <laughs> so I kind of knew him, but this was like the first time I had seen these two together and it just – it just works. The oh, comedy yeah. with the two of them, with the characters, and and bringing it in. And I'm sure, you could say that that the the people of the town aren't aren't portrayed as being, you know, overly bright. But that was kind of the point, yeah. because yeah. it's 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 not about their intelligence. It's about the simplistic lives that John and Gus, uh, Max, yeah. John and Max live. They are, you know, they they're they're set in their ways. They like certain things the way they like them, and if something comes in, and you know, like a whirlwind like Ariel, then they get all yeah. flustered. So, yeah. I mean, everybody else in the town was was fairly fairly intelligent. I mean, you know, the what's his name, uh, Max's son, ended up you yeah. know becoming the mayor, and I yeah. think I think where they get <laughs> where people might get that. It's portrayed as stupid as is the comedy in the fact of you know you've got grandpa just acting stupid. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's just, <laughs> well, I, I, I wouldn't want to say that they act stupid. It's more, it's, I guess, it's just a lack of sophistication. It would be yeah. my way of putting it. In terms of, you know, I love it. There was a scene. I think when Max goes into Ariel, gets invited to Ariel's house. Mm-hmm. And they're look- and she had like I guess she was an artist or something and she would do sculpting and do all these yeah. you know projects and there was a gutted out TV with a fishbowl in it and he's <laughs> looking at it and he's like what's wrong with your TV and she's like oh I like it the way it is it's you know it's it's art and he's like I can fix it for you if you want you know I, oh. I was a TV repairman and she's <laughs> like no I like it just the way it is and he's like how the hell does she see any shows you know just little. <laughs> little- <laughs> You know, just little, little things like that that are just like they're so endearing and so cute and so innocent that it's just yeah. like, and it reminds me. The reason I had mentioned the lack of uh, sophistication is because we had when we had done Golden Girls, Rose's character in Golden Girls was from Minnesota, and that's also uh, my grandmother was from uh, born and raised in Minnesota, and my mother was born and raised in Minnesota. So I have kind of a background in. And, and my grandma even said, you know, it's an exaggerated form of it, the way that Rose is acting. It's very exaggerated, but it's not – it's it's, ba- it's a stereotype, but it's also based in fact that, you know, it's – they are – they're very smart, but there is a little bit of a lack of sophistication there, you know, not to say they're stupid. Um, so that's kind of where I kind of got that impression. Of, oh, okay, it takes place in Minnesota, and I was watching the characters and the very small town feel. Everybody into everybody's business and gossiping, and um, that's very much what it's like. My grandmother said that's exactly what it was like for her growing up. Everybody knew everybody else, got into each other's business, and that was just the way it was. Um, but it just—I loved. I agree. I loved how the characters just blended together and the chemistry between all of them was yeah. it was just superb you know and the outtakes were hilarious and you could see oh. they really had a blast working together um oh, yeah. 
The thing about the sophistication with this film is, as I said, John and and Max are simple guys. They like their stuff simple. You have the sophistication coming in with Ariel and then later um, Sophia Loren's character in the sequel. So uh, Ariel really does give these guys a bit of sophistication, even though she's not from Minnesota. Mm -hmm. She's just moved there. But Mm -hmm. again, it's a comedy. I, I mean, you know... It's it's made for laughs, and th- the best part about the first one is the consistent dodging of the IRS guy and what <laughs> what Max does yeah. to the IRS oh, guy. Oh, at the beginning, he's talking about him with him standing right there. Oh, God, yes. Oh, it was hilarious. I and, love how the opening song, We're Having a Heat Wave, I laugh my ass off <laughs> watching it again. It's like snowing in the middle of winter, and it's like, all these songs, We're Having a Heat Wave in the background. I just, oh, immediately was like, yeah, oh, this is funny. But yeah, dodging the IRS, man, and then just the little pranks they played on each other. Oh, it was just so childish, but it was hilarious. You know, just what is it that you do? You spray cold water or warm water on the roof when it snows, and it's supposed to slide off when you when you bang your door or something. Yep. It just just the little things that they did to one another. It was just so childish, but it just oh, it was too funny. They that was one thing about those films is that like they were just going back and forth all over because of May, which yeah. was. John's wife, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, John's first wife that was uh, produced Daryl Hannah and so forth. Mm-hmm. But it was, I mean, and I apologize, guys. I haven't seen this movie since it was out in the theaters. So me trying to remember these things, it's a little fuzzy for me. So, ladies and gentlemen, we gave him three weeks <laughs> to, and be able I to watch was... these movies. He had two weeks outside of moving. He had two weeks. To watch these movies, and he didn't even do his research for his own podcast. Uh, yes, this is yes. pretty sad. I'm taking heat for this. I, I am taking shit for this. So, yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm owning up to it. That's true, and you know, yes, Mike and I will make sure this does not sink. So, I, I will say though that one thing that I did like, I, I got to throw props to Ariel, aka Anne Margaret. She looked damn good in this film. She is beautiful, beautiful, I mean, beautiful. You know, when I, you consider that she was up against Elvis Presley in Viva Las Vegas, yes. and then to come on and do this film, and, and you know, she had a car accident where they was like they had to do tons of plastic surgery to her face. I was going to mm-hmm. mention that she, wow, dropped dead gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, just absolutely spectacular. When was that accident? That was was that sixties, uh, seventies? I don't know when that was. I'm I don't know, sure. but she looked damn good in this film. Yeah, she really did. She's aged very. I don't. I haven't seen a recent picture of her, and this was twenty years ago. Yeah, this movie came out, but yeah, very beautiful. And the same can be said for Sophia Loren too in, oh, in Grumpy yeah. Old Men, because oh, yeah. I looked at her and I'm like, oh my god, she, I want to say she was seventy at the time that, that movie was done, and yeah. just holy oh. hot damn, hot damn. Mm-hmm. You know, she had it going on, and she's you know. For for how she looked then, wow. Yeah, right. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I sure hope to God I look, you know, well, not as good as Sophia Loren, but <laughs> yeah, you know, because that would that would involve a really big, you know, boob lift and you know, butt <laughs> tuck, and yeah, I don't want to go through that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but 
Yeah, I mean, just the just the fact that they looked so good throughout these movies. But, yeah. you know, I, I do have to also give props to Burgess Meredith. Oh. <laughs> oh. He, he made these movies. He, oh. Yeah. I mean, you know, the fact that Burgess Meredith was, he always was a comedian. I mean, from, mm-hmm. from the starts that he had way back when, you know, back in early days of television. And, you know, I mean, and you, st- you got a chance to see him doing other roles. I mean, he was, you know, he was um, Rocky's coach in Rocky. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then to see him, of course, was one of my favorites in the 60s as Penguin on Batman. Yep. Who knew the penguin could be so dirty? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was half the fun of this movie was just listening to Burgess Meredith pull out some absolutely disgusting one-liners. Oh, it was awesome. Oh. You know, when, when he sees uh, when he sees Sophia Loren and he says, oh, you know, I've, I, I've been to Hawaii. And she goes, oh, really? What island? Come on, I want to lay you. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Oh. And, and that, and then when, uh, at, at the end of Grumpy Old Men, when he's talking about Chuck, oh, oh, <laughs> yes. Chuck's going to give her the baloney plony. <laughs> yes, I think I wrote down a section just of all the quotes that I love, the memorable quotes. It just, oh, oh yeah. there were so many, a full page of them. It just, oh my God, yes. Oh. Hilarious. Just, I mean, Did just classic, classic. Oh, Looks like Chuck's taking old one eye to the optometrist. I just oh, <laughs> <laughs> so freaking funny. Oh, this oh. was just—I mean, it was—it was such it, these series. These movies were actually a really good series, and I was—I was actually really impressed with them. You know, considering that they've actually held up pretty well over time. Yeah, you can probably still find them in like the bargain bins at you know Target and Walmart, but hell, the movie's twenty years old. What do you expect? Yeah, yeah. You yep. know, so. I'm not going to complain about that to that extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I really have no complaints about it at all. I mean, no. uh, both movies are are heartwarming stories. And again, it, it boils it down. These two guys have been friends their entire lives. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many people can actually say that you have a friend that you've known your entire life, that you've basically, yeah. you know, you've lived next door to each other for a number of years You've yep. fought over women, you've done this, you've done that, and, you know, not a lot of people can say that. No. No. Yeah, I mean, especially with how much these guys go back and forth with each other. <laughs> I mean, I, I know in Grumpy Old Man they had with, uh, John had his fishing pole, his favorite fishing rod, and he puts it out there by the ice fishing shack, and Max comes and pushes his fishing shack into the river, or yeah. the lake, and just trashes it, trashes the fishing rod. Oh. No, no, no. The fishing rod was Max's, and then he. Oh. Yeah. It, 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 it was Max's, but Max inadvertently pushed the shack into the river, which then took the took the pull with it. That's right. Because John fixes it for him. Yep. Uh, yep. See, see what happens when you don't watch the damn movies. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Little things slip by me. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. This is what I get for trying to rely on twenty years worth of memories. <laughs> You're doing pretty well. You're doing pretty well. <laughs> I have to say, I just, you know, talking about just like the chemistry between them and stuff too. And what Mike was saying, I loved it too, because you could tell that on a personal level that, you know, they were very comfortable with each other and they like each other on a personal level. Um, and they had experience working together and it did come through. But, you know, as far as 
trying to portray men that have grown up together and lived their entire lives. They definitely, I got that feeling right away. It was like, yeah. I mean, even just something as simple as as soon as, you know, they see each other morning dickhead, you know, just the little things, you know, (laughs) just, you know, uh, what crawls up your ass today? I mean, just the way that they talked and interacted, you get the sense, okay, these are people that have, you know, grown up together and have known each other for 60 some odd years, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, and it just, it, it, they pulled it off brilliantly, I thought. And, you know, even like the, the children, uh, what's the uh, actor who plays uh, Max's son? Uh, uh, Kevin, Kevin Pollock. Kevin Pollock. Yeah. yeah, and I love the chemistry even with Daryl Hannah in there and, and Kevin Pollock. And just everybody just really, it just really gelled really well. Oh, now. I, th- I think, Doug, what you were thinking about when you said the odd couple, <laughs> the sequel. Uh, because the yeah. sequel starred these guys. That's right. Yes. yes. So the 98 mm-hmm. sequel. And then yep. Daryl Hannah, uh, the first time I ever saw her was, uh, let's see here, 92's Memoirs of an Invisible Man. We'll have to cover that one of these days. Oh. I've never seen that. Oh. You've never seen Memoirs of an Invisible Man? I don't think so. It's uh, oh. it's Daryl Hannah, Chevy Chase. Oh, um, that's right. Chevy Chase is the Invisible Man. Yep. Oh. Directed by John Carpenter. Uh, it has Sam Neill in it. Um, oh, wow. yep. Uh, wow. Sam Neill, Michael McKeon, uh, Jim Norton, Pat Skipper, Paul Perry. Um, yes. yeah, it's, it's a really, really underrated, but really good film. Oh, good. I'll have to check that out. Is it a comedy drama? It's a action suspense kind of thing. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it was different for you know, for it being a Chevy Chase movie, from what I remember. Yeah, it's a oh, yeah. comedy because Chevy Chase. Yeah. Oh wow! I'll have to check it out. I'll say that one of my favorite scenes that I remember with Daryl Hannah, one of the best things, the first things I remember of her, was from the movie Splash, and when she yeah. walks up onto mm-hmm. the beach and walks across completely naked, and it was like, oh, hot damn, yeah, hot damn, yeah. yep. Oh. That was it. I mean, I was like, okay. I'm in love with Daryl Hannah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, this this series of movies, I mean, just was it was really good. I I do have to bring up there was a prank that uh John pulled on Max and Max actually got it back on Snyder. And it it, it involved a fish. Yeah, the yes. fish. That's Yes. Uh... Okay. I love that. I'm going to bring this up because when I was in high school, we had a guy who we couldn't stand. And the guy, he actually, he tried to get into a fight with me, and he he punched me, and right as I was getting ready to throw a punch, the principal walked around the corner, and I sucked it back. And so I was like, I, I just looked at him, and I says, you'll get yours later. So, <laughs> in the dead of summer in Santee, uh, it, it had reached triple digits that mm-hmm. summer. And, well, that summer he had this little piece of crap, looked like a Yugo or something, a little hatchback that he used to drive around. Um, It had a sunroof, which I used to get into the car, and I shoved a can of anchovies into the air conditioning vents and sealed the car up. Oh, damn. You have no idea what it's like to drive around with the windows open for nine months out of the year because the smell is so damn bad. 
And of course, <laughs> you get to the winter time and you turn the heater on, and that smell came right back. Oh yep. damn it! He got his. Oh yeah. It's kind of like uh, it, it's kind of like that 1969 Bill Cosby track, Revenge. Yes. Junior yeah. Barnes. Junior <laughs> Barnes. He. I had this snowball all summer long and saved it, put it in the freezer, and was going to get Junior Barnes. You and, gunky. You gunky. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, 4th of July, Junior Barnes and I, you know, uh, sitting on the front porch drinking an orange soda, just waiting for the right moment. I went into the house, opened the freezer. And my mother had thrown the snowball away. <laughs> so I went outside and I spit on him. <laughs> Gotta love Bill Cosby. Oh, oh yeah. Totally. Oh, God. Now, it's funny with um, with Daryl Hannah's career because it's so interesting how – from like I've only seen her in several things. Obviously, these films, mm-hmm. Memoirs of an Invisible Man – and then years down the line in – and I will freely admit that I watched this movie. I don't care. Um, in 2002, she was uh, she was uh, Carter's mother in Walk to Remember. Oh, uh, Walk to Remember. Was that the one with uh, Keanu Reeves? No, Walk to Remember. Uh, it's uh, Shane West, Mandy Moore. It's based on the Nicholas Sparks book. Yeah, yes. Oh yeah, God. it's based on the Nicholas Sparks book. But I was kind of like, "Hey, Daryl Hannah, she's still around. That's pretty cool. She's a redhead in that movie. That's a little interesting." She was also in uh, Steel Magnolias. Yeah, that's right. I think she played a redhead in that too. I could be wrong. I think her hair was kind. Of, well, maybe I, no, wasn't. she was blonde in that one because she Question. she was wearing glasses and she was like supposed to be like some sort of hairdresser or something and just oh, that's right. she wore those like funky cat eye glasses. That's right. That's right. Yeah, she has. Uh, I've seen somewhat of a recent picture. Unfortunately, I want to say it was a mug shot. She's gotten arrested quite a few times. Very <laughs> big on like um, advocating and like marching and leading. Yeah. She's, which is cool, you know. She stands up for what she believes in, or whatever, and you know. Oh, yeah. But several mug shots, and she has not really aged well, in my humble opinion. Um, you know, was a beautiful woman. You know, good actress. Um, but yeah, she. I don't know. If she's doing much acting now. Yeah. Well, um, her latest thing was. <laughs> let me see here. Last thing she was in was this year, she or last year actually, she was in Hot Flashes, Social Nightmare, and Zombie oh. Night. She's, she's oh. two of them are TV movies, so she's kind of <laughs> gone down to the C yeah. and D side of the of the yeah. list. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of yeah. sad, actually. It is sad because she's been in so many you know, great things. Um, but yeah, I, I liked her in these movies. I thought she did. Very well. I'm looking over here. One of my favorite actors in this, obviously, as we mentioned, Kevin Pollack. Uh-huh. Uh, if you guys have ever had a chance to see him when he does a stand-up act, he's um, fucking hilarious. I think I have. I think I have. Was he pretty crude? Uh, he can be crude, but he's not, yeah. he's not really overly crude. One of the things that he does best, he does the best Christopher Walken impression I've ever heard. Um, maybe I have seen him. Oh, it, it's hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious. And he talks about how he goes into, uh, he goes into like, I want to say it was Whole Foods or something. 
Uh-huh. And some little kid starts staring at him. And so he starts going on with Christopher Walken. Hey, kid, don't start smooching. You know, don't start, you know, inching away from me. Come here. <laughs> and he starts doing this whole thing. And, you know, of course, I, I suck at Christopher Walken. But, I mean, he does the whole – he's got the oh. diction down and everything perfect. And it's absolutely oh, hilarious. Oh, that's great. Oh. But, I mean, he's – he always like you always see him showing up as kind of like this mob kind of character, like yeah. you know this. I don't want to say slimy because he really isn't, but he's always kind of this, you know, shifting kind of New York cop or you know bad mobster from the Jersey Shore type thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, he makes an appearance in Usual uh, Usual Suspects. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays a great role in in Kevin Smith's uh, Red State until he gets shot in the eye. I did okay. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was pretty pretty interesting film. That was yeah. Uh, let me see. What else has he done? He was in. He was. Oh, let's see. The whole nine yards. The whole ten mm-hmm. yards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in the Santa Claus two and three as Cupid. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was horrible looking, and I I kept looking. I'm like, God, that guy looks familiar. Oh my God! It's yeah. Kevin Pollock. <laughs> yeah. What was that movie that he played? He had like a glass eye, or it was like it was either a glass eye or he had like a, it was like a fake blue eye, and he was standing behind the counter or something. And oh, I, oh, that's gonna bug me now. He played a mo- in a movie where he had like this weird, creepy eye. Oh, when- Wayne's World Two. Was it Wayne's World Two? Yeah, because because they're making yeah. jokes about it, and he's like. And he goes, dude, I'd give my right eye to get tickets to Aerosmith. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> I just remember I'm picturing him behind the counter somewhere, and he's got this creepy blue eye. Oh, I think it was Wayne's World too. That's hilarious. Yeah, he played he played as Jerry oh, Siegel in that movie. Oh, funny. So, oh. I mean, you know, he he gets around. What can I say? You know, he shows yeah. up in a bunch of different films. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I. I, I, I think we'll be remiss for the listeners if we don't mention um, the fact that he can't handle the truth. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. yes. A few good men. Yes. Um, I was surprised to remember that he was in Ricochet with Denzel. Really? Yeah. I don't he remember was, that. He was uh, – oh, he was his partner. He was, the, he was the cop that was coming up with oh. Denzel. He was his partner, Detective Larry Doyle. That's right. Oh, wow. I'll be yeah. darned. Yep. It's been a while since I've seen that one. I'm going to have to go back and watch That's, that. Yeah. Oh, God. I love that movie. Uh, I've seen that one. Oh, my God. He was Okay. He was also in Casino, and I just saw this and just realized yep. this. That's mm-hmm. a good He's flick, done. too. Yeah. yeah. He has done a lot. Yep. Mm. So. He starred in Ham, Canadian style. Yeah. In 95. <laughs> He's he's one of these characters that gets around, and I really I really appreciate that. I mean, yeah. And he's he's another actor that has pretty much you know taken the internet by storm. Yes, uh, I mean he's you know he has a weekly internet talk show called Kevin Pollock's Chad Show. Um, you know, so I mean he's another one of those ones that, uh, and and his impersonations. Um, oh yeah. Alan Arkin, Albert Brooks, uh, Johnny Carson, Christopher yeah. Lloyd, Robert De Niro. Have... Wow. Oh. Oh, and and wow. he does those and you you watch him and he does like – when he does De Niro, it's hilarious because he does the whole face. And he's got oh this God. face that he sucks up and it just 
Oh, God. <laughs> Did he start off in comedy and then got into movies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's he's been a stand-up comic for a long time. Oh, wow. I'll have to check him out. I, I have a feeling I have seen him in something because it does sound familiar. But I seem to – unless I'm getting him confused with – uh, I don't know who I'd be getting him confused with, but I remember seeing something, and it was sort of crude. It wasn't. It, I, it takes a lot for me to get offended, but I, and it was funny. Um, but yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to see if I can look some of that up. Uh, he was. I also know that he was in the Associates. Yes. Or the Aristocrats. Excuse me, not the Aristocrats. Associates. Yep. Uh, yep. But that was basically, I mean, short-lived documentary mm-hmm. for anybody who wanted to know it, with the joke that comics tell each other. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into the joke because it's one of these things that. Everybody who tells it has a different story and a different spin that they put on it. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, just gotta love him. So, mm-hmm. anyway, so we can get off of Kevin Pollock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me see here. Uh, what do we have here? Now, I I know that we kind of talked about the plot of Grumpy Old Men a little bit. I remember a little bit more about Grumpier Old Men, mm-hmm. and that they had kind of the battle going on and. And uh, Jack had finally married Ariel. Uh, Max goes off and he decides that he's going to try and meet somebody at a VFW hall. And what is it? Like midway through or right towards the beginning of Grumpier Old Men, Sophia Loren shows up in town. And I forget why she shows up. She shows up because she is buying Chuck's bait shop and she's going to turn it into an Italian restaurant because Chuck had died in the first film. And the bait shop was just a set that they could use again. Yep. Yeah, and I remember them being kind of pissed off because they were they were fishermen, and so they were kind of pissed off that hey, they've got somebody who's moving in and taking over Chuck's shop and not going to keep it running. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they, they basically the whole thing, the whole you know, I'd say the, probably the first half of the movie was them just trying to you know sabotage her attempts to you know and it was all about just again they liked things the way they were they resisted change and you know they were set in their ways and you know they also didn't want to say goodbye to their friend and you know just yeah it was very it was it was sad and it was funny at the same time and that one I thought was interesting too just because of you know why they did all these things to this poor woman you know yeah poor innocent woman's coming into town all she wants to do is you know start up a restaurant and they're you know harassing her but even from like the first meeting between what was what was the character's name Maria? Um, yeah. The first the first meeting between Maria and Max, you could see that there was definitely kind of a spark there, even though they were like bad mouthing each other and talking, you know. And it just it kind of made you wonder, oh, okay, how is this going to play out? Because even though they were pissy with each other, you could still kind of see, oh, okay, yeah. this is this is going to be interesting, you know. Um, I, I thought it was very, very sweet. Well, and I have to, I have to say because this was, from what I remember, I remember hearing about this when the movie came out. I remember sitting down there and watching it, and they're talking about Burgess Meredith, and he's going through, and he's sitting down there, and he dies mm-hmm. on the sofa at his favorite yeah. fishing spot. Yeah. yeah. And then it was like, I want to say, two or three weeks after I saw the movie, they announced that Burgess Meredith had actually passed away. Yeah. Oh, and it yeah. was it was kind of just one of these things that like I felt like it was reaching into my heart and ripping it out, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was sad too. I remember that. I mean, he was just a great talent, you know. Yeah, I mean, Burgess had so much behind him. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, during this movie, that they were saying that he had Alzheimer's and was starting to suffer. 
Uh-huh. And he had to be coached through a lot of stuff, and he was just kind of like, um, "What was that again?" Mm-hmm. You know, so sad. But you know, hey, I, I'll say he still remembered some of his lines to go off on with the, uh, you know, with with the outtakes at the end. <laughs> oh, so freaking funny! I I had to write down several of them, and just like pretty much the entire. Uh, all my notes are just funny quotes, and they're mostly from Pop. I mean, it's just, oh, oh my gosh. Just uh, One of my favorites from Grumpy or Old Men is he's talking, they were sitting on that couch, you know, at their fishing spot, uh, John and Pop. And he's talking to him about, you know, cause they were drinking light beer or something, and, and John was saying, well, Ariel's got me on this low-fat diet, low-cholesterol diet. You know, I, I need to lose some weight. You know, my cholesterol's too high. And... He's just like spitting it out like, oh, my God, what the hell is this? What am I drinking? And then he's like, let me tell you something. I turned 95 years old. I've never exercised a day of my life. I wake up and I smoke cigarettes. I eat five slices of bacon, bacon for lunch, bacon for a midday snack, and then I drink my dinner. And it just, <laughs> he's like going on. <laughs> it was so freaking funny. And you see, you know, John's expression on his face, he's just kind of rolling his eyes like, oh, here we go. Here, here's dead, you know. Of course. Um, but it just, every scene with him in it just, you know, I just cracked up. There was another one where he's uh, something, they were like, I think they were in the grocery store and he's like, his dad's like, or John was like, I wish you'd eat the low-fat bacon, Dad. And he's like, well, you can wish in one hand and crap in the other and see what gets filled up first. first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just, he just made these movies. It just, oh, so funny. Oh, but, I mean, you know, the the films were, they were definitely something that is going to be, I you know, and I don't care if anybody else thinks this, they really should be held up as like an iconic film i agree of the 90s you know these these mm-hmm. films came out in you know, the first one came out in 93 uh the second one came out in 95 and yeah they're romantic comedies they're rom-coms let's mm-hmm. be honest mm-hmm. but they're still hilarious as hell because you're getting a chance to see the older generation the senior citizens you know getting a little bit of love in their lives after everything else yeah. has gone to shit so yes which you was, know. you know, they were so deserving of it. And I loved how it was a, you know, pretty damn good looking guy, even when he was older. Um, you know, I don't want to, yeah. I, I don't want to talk trash about Walter Matthau. Um, but I did like how they brought in these gorgeous women to come in. Oh, yeah. You know, well, they, they could, you know, they could have brought in some homely actresses and they didn't. They brought in some really classy, beautiful, iconic women to play these parts and I thought that was cool. I was like, you know, this, well, it, some, some people would say, Oh, this doesn't work. It's a mismatch. But I really thought that it worked. Now I'm going to, I'm going to mention cause Jack Lemon has acted with some very sexy women. Oh I mean, yeah. When you look at this, you, you, you know, everybody goes, Oh, you know, people from our generation will remember him for acting with, uh, Sophia Loren and, and Margaret. Mm-hmm. However, he did act with it, with Marilyn Monroe in Some Like It Hot. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. And if you ever saw that, he I have. He actually made a – well, he wasn't a great-looking woman, but I've seen uglier women that were actually women. <laughs> <laughs> yes, For a second I there, I thought you that. were going to go to the bosom reference. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, I remember that movie. I uh-huh. just it was it was a great great stuff that he's done, and I mean, oh, and yeah. he's he's gotten some like really pretty serious roles too. I mean, not just these comedy roles, you know. I mean, he was in mm-hmm. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Uh, mm-hmm. He was in the China Syndrome, which was an yep. excellent excellent film. Yep. You know, and when you consider when it happened. And that everybody was afraid that they were going to have all these meltdowns and everything, and now it's actually starting to become more of a reality. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's scary when you consider how old that movie is. Yeah. Romantic comedies today are—they're not what they used to be. No, they—they they go more for the gross humor, and on a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um. And for me, it's all, it's all, no one really does a fresh take on any romantic comedy plot. No. Yeah. No one really does. Fr- I will say, and again, this is probably, well, it would, would be 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the freshest romantic comedy role that, I, that I've seen as far as a plot goes was uh, Bruce Willis and uh, uh, Catwoman. In the story of us, Michelle Pfeiffer in the story yes. of us. That was the oh. that was one of the freshest romantic comedy yes. plots I'd ever seen. But that's still that's fifteen years ago. If yeah. you look at last year or the year before or even even twenty ten, mm-hmm. I cannot watch the romantic comedies of today. It's not because I'm a guy. It's not because I don't have a heart. I just mm-hmm. don't like the comedy. It sucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, what was the one that they tried to do with Jack Black and uh, Jude Law and? No, I will say that was uh, that was the holiday. With okay, Cameron Diaz and Jude Law and Jack Black. I will say that's one. So one out of how many films in the last twenty years? Yeah, <laughs> I have not seen that. I need to see that. Okay. It, it's in my opinion, it was okay. It was not okay. great, but it was decent for what it was. Okay. So okay. <clears throat> so, well. I think that's going to pretty much cover it. It's going to be a shorter episode for this one here, unless anybody else has anything that they want to throw in here. I do, if it's okay. Go right ahead. (laughs) Okay, see, I wrote down so many quotes, and I need to, like, filter through and find my best ones. And just little things that I noticed, too, like, I guess, little trivia bits. Um, Because I've seen these movies, I don't even know how many hundreds of times. Um... Let me look here because I have – let's see. There were little things that both movies had. Uh, For instance, John and Max, whenever they would be driving to um, like the restaurant, the bait shop, they would always hit the trash can. I always thought that was hilarious. They would always like get you know skid out of control and hit the trash can. So that was kind of a little comedy bit that I thought was kind of funny that they always would hit the trash cans whenever they'd go to Chuck's house. Um, or Chuck's uh, store. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I love all the pranks that they did to each other. Uh, some of them I thought there was, I think one where they, I think it was in grumpy old men where, uh, the cat got put into Max's car and like ripped up his upholstery. And, and yeah. there, there was some really bad ones. And then Max got a dog that chased John's cat and like ruined their house. And, Oh it yeah, got, the dog. It, yes, the dog what's, Lucky. Yes, what's wrong with him? <laughs> he ain't got no nuts. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it just, you know, there were some times where I'm just like, ooh, 
they're going a little too far here. It's, you know, I can understand, hey, dickhead, you know, and things like that, the name calling and the, you know, duking it out back and forth. But there was just some that was just like, ooh, yeah. You know, they're not going to be able to recover from this. But I love how at the end of Grumpier Old Men, they finally kind of made peace. And it was so, they did, I guess, at the end of Grumpy, too, because I think that was when Max helped John save his house. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it was kind of nice to see at the end, you know, they did duke it out and they had a lot of, you know, went back and forth. Yeah. And I mean, that was kind of it through grumpier old men was that they were going to be friendly. But then when Max started taking a shine to uh, Sophia Loren's character, Uh then it was like, oh, you know, uh, you know, the the truce is off. (laughs) Yeah. And then, of course, you know, with with Jacob and what was Daryl Hannah's character's name? Melanie. 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 When they were getting married, you know, and you could see them getting along, and it was it was sweet. Um, they it was more their pranks were more, you know, they were getting along a lot better until the gloves came off, and then the wedding was off, and you know, Sophia Loren came into the picture. But then at the end, you know, once again they kind of came together, and it was really sweet to see, you know. Yeah, and I that's mean, you know that's what I thought. I thought that was authentic because for knowing somebody for your entire life, yeah. you know, that's got to be how it's you know, gotta be, you know? <laughs> yeah. And what, what I find funny with these movies is that even though the plot was basically rehashed, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, let's, let's face it. That's, let's be honest that that's exactly what happens. They just rehashed the plot. Yeah. They were still really good films. I mean, I still oh, liked totally. both of them and oh, that's, yeah. it's rare that I can say that I like sequels. Me too. That was what I was going to point out too, is that for me, I, I felt like this was, was just as good as the first one. And it's very rare for me to say that too. I, <laughs> It, yeah, it just that's what I think was just so great. They all the actors came in and they all just made it work and the comedy just definitely they each had their comedic lines. There was one um it was yeah, it was in Grumpier and Max was going in his boat to go fishing and he's singing about Maria. And it just every time I see it I crack up. He was, you know, this is when you kind of start to see he's got it, you know, getting feelings for and he's trying to practice Italian and everything and um, he's singing Maria, Maria, and I, I can't sing. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he sings something about I just met a girl named Maria, and suddenly I see she's not the bitch I thought she'd be. And then she's sitting like right there in her boat, hearing all of this and cracking up. And it just—it it was just so sweet just to see just how he's falling for her and everything, and then calling her a witch to her face and nag and all this, and. You could just see how much fun they had. Oh, yeah. All of them. You know, it just, uh, but they all had their funny lines. Even Sophia Loren, you know, and Margaret had a couple of funny lines. She was more of the voice of reason, I think. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, it was just too funny. You know, the saddest thing about that song that he's singing? Huh? The first thing that comes to my mind is Brooks and Dunn's song, My Maria. Yes! Oh, God. Oh, I just love how after that, though, that song was so awful, and she's, like, laughing, and then they they make a date afterward. I'm like, that's cool. You know, they're, you know, obviously, his way of, you know, unintentionally wooing her worked. You know, they made a date for, you know, later that night, and I was like, that's so sweet. 
you know, and just the little things. Like I was talking about the lack of sophistication. He brings boxed wine to the date. You know, <laughs> hey, that's that's high class in in the Midwest. In Minnesota, yeah, I just I had to laugh at that. I was just like, yeah, boxed wine. Oh, and then I love how in both, you know, to carry on how there was similarities in both. Um, after John and Ariel had sex. I forgot the song. Oh, it was the love man that was playing after he's making breakfast the next morning and he's all happy he got some. And then when Max and Maria have sex, staying alive plays afterward and he's all bouncing, getting the paper. And it was just so funny. Um, I'm trying to think, but yeah, there were a lot of things that kind of carried over between the two that kind of, there was another, um, in the first one, Oh, I forgot who said it, but there was a quote, I'd rather kiss a dead moose's butt. And Sophia Loren's character said it in Grumpier, and I can't remember who said it in the first, but that was kind of a quote. It was, that, it was probably Grandpa Gustav. It was probably Burgess Meredith. I think so. Probably was him. Yeah. Oh, God. And his quotes alone took up. Oh, God, yes. Of, oh, my God. Um, let me see. Yeah, we uh, like the outtakes. Um, um I want to show you my man-sized manicotti as he's talking. Yeah. <laughs> what, was the, what was the, um, Sophia, uh, Maria's mother's name? Did they ever? Francesca. I believe Francesca. it was Francesca. Right. Yeah. And which island have you been on? Wanna peek a peepee or something like that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm a kind of kinky. <laughs> Just, oh, so funny. And there was something else. So many notes, so little time. Um, oh, the scene where, in, in, I think it was in Grumpier, where Pop was telling his great-granddaughter a bedtime story, um, Daryl Hannah's daughter. And yeah. he's, he's talking about, he's telling the three bears, basically, you know, Pop style. And he's talking about, like, Goldilocks having a gun and shooting the three bears. It was so <laughs> freaking funny. I laughed my ass off. Um, oh, oh, what else? trying to think um oh every scene where max sees ariel or uh maria he says holy moly at least once i don't yeah. know if you guys caught that holy moly is like his catchphrase throughout it is yep. and it's so cute i was just like holy moly and it, is just so, <laughs> it was so sweet um but I have to say that I believe – I want to say Wayne's World said it first. Was it, was it Wayne's World that the quote, eat my shorts, came from? No, that was The Simpsons. It was the Simpsons. That was Bart Simpson. It was The Simpsons. Okay, so obviously that came out before Grumpy Old Men. Uh, yeah, I knew that that quote came out before, but I couldn't remember who it came from. But yeah, eat my shorts. I remember after watching that, I would say eat my shorts all the time. <laughs> um, I love how Pop always talks about mounting women. That's his phrase. Did you mount the woman? Uh, yeah. uh, and then I noticed in both movies, polka music was very yeah. – Yeah, well, that's, that's thought, a standard for Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, that was something that I, I caught on right away. I was like, this is really cute, and it fits in with the vibe of the movies, you know, the polka music in the background. Um, and let me see. Um, gosh. There's so many, I can't even... Oh, there was one time where they were having a fight after the ice shanty got pushed into the, the lake. 
and they were fighting and whatever. And Pop goes to break it up, and he's just like, "Kids, you can't live with them. You can't shoot them." And everyone's just around him laughing, and it's just it was so cute. Uh, it's butt cold out here, and I'm fresh out of beer. And just oh, just too funny. Oh, uh, again, just. Burgess Meredith, I think, was the best part of these movies. and I agree. You know, I, I don't want to put that down as saying that Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon weren't good in these films either. Oh, they were, they were hilarious. great. They were hilarious. But Burgess Meredith stole the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Yeah. So. I... Well, I think that's going to go ahead and finish it off here for this episode. Okay. I don't have anything more. Mike, have you got anything more that you want to throw in? Um... Not really. I will be sending you some uh, penguin quotes, though. Okay. <laughs> uh, I am going to let you, because I know you have a bunch of stuff coming up here on GeekCast Radio. Oh too much. Too much. Um, let's see. As of this recording, in about, um, I don't know, coming up on the 7th of March, we'll be releasing GeekCast Radio Episode 60, which is our first annual GCRN Awards where we're going to reveal the winners for our awards that we started this year. Um, what else is going on? Uh, Off the Cuff, which is our video game show, is still going strong. Uh, Pixels in the Animation is still going strong. We just released the season one, final three episodes of season one episode, and season two will be coming up. Game Boy, yay! No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see what else uh, MYR Weekly is still going strong uh, Pullbag is still going strong We just had uh, Two interviews come out We had one with the Dynamic Music Partners Which is Christopher Carter, Lolita Ritmanis And Michael McQuistion They mostly do They've done the DC Animated Universe music stuff With Shirley Walker They're currently doing the music for Marvel's uh, Avengers Assemble uh, we just interviewed this week. Uh, it'll be out again on the 7th of March. Um, uh, Starscream's daughter, Abby Collins Cluster. It's Chris Lotta's daughter. So we, uh, we talked with her. Um, let's see what other things we have coming up. Um, just a bunch of content. <laughs> we're, we're, some, I know we're you got horses. some good stuff, so... Yeah, you know, I keep listening to it. I, I still, I, I have to admit that I have not listened to the new Captain N stuff yet on Pixels, but I got it downloaded on my phone. So there you go. <laughs> you know, it, it's it, that's one thing I got to say. You guys always have great stuff on there. You and Stephen and, and uh, everybody else. Yeah, Kevin and Dan and Mike. Mike Powers. <laughs> Mike Powers and his team over at Off the Cuff. Uh, the pull bag is really where I've got my main focus, which is our comic uh, comic book discussion and review show. Uh, a lot of interesting changes coming to the pull bag as far as what we'll be covering. Well, uh, yeah, considering everything that's happening with uh, Nightwing and don't even yeah, we'll be here for another hour. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> go listen to the pull bag on it. Geekcastradio <laughs> yeah. dot com. All right. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in for this episode here of Talking About My Generation. Uh, you can go ahead and leave us feedback on iTunes. Please tell us whether you like us or hate us. I, I have no problem whether you give us one star or five stars, but if you give us one star, tell us why we suck. <laughs> uh, it, you know, Constructive criticism is always a good thing. I have no problem with it. Uh, you guys can also email us at mygenerationpodcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, you can tune in and leave us feedback on Stitcher Radio as well uh, for those who don't have iTunes or don't want to use iTunes. Uh, so please take a listen. Let us know what you think. Uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to sign off here. I'm not sure what song we'll play yet, but I'll have something put in here at the end. Thank <laughs> you.